0: Hello and welcome to the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Harditz. And today we continue our fantasy File series with a look at Hunter Henry, John U. Smith, and his Patriots receiving room. People, thank God that the Patriots did something with this. I don't care if it's Cam Newton or Mac Jones, whoever is under center will have the sort of weapons that we saw make or the weapons. There'll be better weapons than the group of guys that we saw make Tom Brady look freaking washed in 2019 is what I was trying to get out of my mouth there. So look, Cam, as bad as he looked last year, and it was not good. There are some stats, you know, deep ball, catchable rate. I think uh, you know that Seahawks game when they had Edelman, there were ways you could kind of paint that season as a little bit of an okay year for Cam, but hey, that's my inner Cam stand coming out of me. We all know Cam was not good in New England last year. My point is, it was not all on Cam. Cam was not good. Neither were the majority of his receivers. Again, we saw Tom Brady barely able to lead this offense down the field in that playoff loss against the Titans. It was not just a quarterback problem, as we found out uh, via the 2020 2021 super bowl champion tampa bay buccaneers so basically free agency hit everyone was hype every single year it's middle of march it's kind of like our first big football event after the nfl draft and what happens the patriots go absolutely crazy First John U. Smith lands, you know, $50 million. Everybody's just shooting him up the draft boards. You know, is there's tight end six too high. Like, I don't know. There wasn't any spot too high. We were pulling up the Cam Newton, Greg Olson stats. Life was good to be a John U. Smith stand, but then suddenly, literally hours later, the Patriots also signed Hunter Henry. So it was, you know, just such a quick kind of, you know, the John U. Smith tight end one season, you know, you can put it on like March 2nd, 1 p.m. to March 2nd, 3 p.m. Not sure exactly what day, uh, you know, the free agency started, but either way, people, it was wild, like how quickly the Patriots seemingly made these moves and got it done. I mean, to their credit, they got two great tight ends. It was just surprising to see, you know, Henry, Johnny. Then we got Nelson Aguilar. Then we got Kendrick Bourne. It was almost like Belichick wanted to go back to vacation with how quickly they made a lot of these moves. And there are some NFL insiders kind of wondering about that, wondering about the amount of money that was dished out. I think particularly to Aguilar. Again, these were not drawn out negotiations. Maybe there was some tampering behind the scenes. We don't know either way. Patriots spent a whole lot of money very early on in the process, and that's how they end up with these two tight ends. So before we kind of go into their overall fit in New England, let's just talk about what these guys have been. Because Jonu, if you're a box score watcher, you know, the type of person that before last year said Devontae Adams only had one 1,000-yard season, never mind the 997-yard performances. You know, haters can say that Jonu has never reached 50 receptions or 500 yards in the season. Luckily, you, being a smart Dignified scholar, know that John was largely held back by the constant use of multiple tight ends and just general lack of passing success. Before we had Tannehill get there halfway through the 2019 season, and honestly, like. Johnny's production, while it's not huge in a single season, it's still a hell of a lot better than what we've seen in New England over the past few years. Overall, Smith has caught 84 passes for 955 yards and scored 13 total touchdowns over the past two years. Patriots tight ends as a whole, 55 catches, 673 yards, just three receiving scores. That's going to be a sheesh from me, ladies and gentlemen. I guess the one thing about Smith is like this guy, maybe not your typical End. He's fine as a blocker. I'm not saying he can't do that. I believe, uh, let's see. Yeah. Last year, he finished as PFF's 45th, highest graded run blocker among 88 qualified players. I mean, the dude is a freaking tank six, three Four six two jets. I mean, we had that weightlifting picture come out from earlier this off season. Pretty much break Twitter for a day. I had some of my favorite things about fantasy Twitter is when we see just a jacked NFL player looking like a jacked NFL player, and we all act surprised. It's a good time. Not hitting on it. Please continue to hype up all those uh, workout picks, everybody. But truly. Look, grade out as PFF's 20th best tight end receiving grade last year, 27th in yards, per. Or excuse me, since 2017, and also ranked 27th in yards per route run. The big thing with Jonu, though, is his ability with the ball in his hands. Borderline erotic, people. Only George Kittle, with 7.8 yards after the catch per reception, has averaged more yards after the catch than Jonu, who's at 7.1, among all tight ends with at least 50 receptions. Since 2010. I mean, Johnny doesn't turn 26 until August, and he's already been right there with Kittle as truly the most dangerous yak guys in the league. I was catching some flack. I think I called. I don't know if I called John or the best. I said he was in the top three, which I absolutely believe. If you want to put, you know, Kelsey, I think Kelsey probably should also be in that top three. Maybe, maybe, maybe you could talk me into John who being fourth or fifth, but I really, you do not need two hands to count the number of tight ends that are better with the ball in their hands than John Smith. That's going to be my statement on the matter. Because again, you know, I, I realize that guys like Waller and, you know, these players with higher volume do deserve some credit. I mean, John who has, again, hasn't had 50 catches in a season before. So it's, it's kind of like, you know, the three point shooter that goes from four attempts to eight attempts, even if the efficiency isn't quite as high with the guy getting eight attempts, we know that he's probably the better overall shooter. So I'm not going to say John, who is the de facto number two yak tight end of the past decade, just realized I do think he's in the top five. And I think the film and the numbers respect, uh, reflect that. People, I'm just hoping we see John to get some legit running back snaps because he it hasn't happened in a while, but in 2019, oh my goodness, they put him in the eye yeah, 2019, they put him in the eye formation, gets the sweep, races 50 plus yards down the sideline, looking every bit like a workhorse RB along the way. Look, I know he's not gonna be a workhorse RB at the next level, but hey. He should not be named, a.k.a. Aaron Hernandez. I mean, that dude was getting legit RB run for stretches with the Patriots, you know, using their just four wide, I guess it was three wide receivers, two tight end offense. Clearly, that's what New England kind of wants to do here. And maybe they mixed it up a little bit with James White instead of a wide receiver. But people, I would be shocked if John Smith does not get some legit run as a true running back this year. I'm excited to see it happen. Moving on to Hunter Henry, he is the more complete one of the group, the more traditional inline tight end that you expect to you know be a great tight end you know he's got he's got the look of it and he says everything right pfs number 18 highest graded run blocking tight end from 2020 since he entered the league in 2016 his sample is 62 tight ends with at least 100 targets 100 henry is sixth in pff receiving grade tied for 12th in yards per catch tied for 12th in yards per route run, and third in qb rating when targeted so injury gods haven't been great to triple h i mean he's only played in 55 of potential 80 games uh, since entering the league in 2016 the good news and you know i'm I fully I'm not trying to dismiss COVID here. I, I fully understand how you know important and dangerous COVID is. He didn't have like any more structural injuries last year. He only missed the final two games of the year on the COVID list. And you know, those 14 contests he played last year were the most since 2017. So I would just say uh, it's a positive development for him that he didn't suffer another like lower body injury because now we don't have to, or we can at least get a little further away from the idea that Hunter Henry is injury prone. As you all know, I'm not a fan of really calling anybody injury prone, you know, Keenan Allen was injury prone until he wasn't. So Henry ultimately, I mean, Two years ago, he went 55 catches, 652 yards, five scores. Last year, 60 catches, 613 yards, four scores. Like, he's a more proven producer than Smith, even though I think Johnu is, uh, you know, the safer bet to have more efficiency. And I did ask my lovely Twitter followers, I love all of you, catch me at, at iHeartits. I asked you guys, hey, who would you pick to get more fantasy points this year? After, you know, sprucing up the question a little bit like I tend to do. And I'm searching for the exact percentage right now, but it was john U. Smith not in a landslide, but a pretty convincing win for him. Here we go. 62.3 people out of 1700 votes said they would expect Jonu Smith to score more PPR fantasy points in the year 2021. That's reflected in ADP, but that gap is a little bit wider than I would have uh, kind of anticipated. So the important thing, people, is that Bill Belichick loves both. And we have quotes telling us just that first on John who Smith against per coach, Bill Belichick. He's just a really good tight end can do a lot of things. Blocks. Well runs well is a good receiver played him at tailback. He looked pretty good back there. Even Belichick knows that people John U. Smith is getting over five rush attempts this year bet on that. Uh, he's a very athletic player, hard to tackle catches the ball. Well, great after the catch, probably the best in the league. I mean, I can't imagine anyone better than him after the catch. Bill, George Kittle, is better, George Kittle is better than John who after the catch. Otherwise, you're spot on. Now, on Hunter Henry, Bill said, Henry continues to be a complete and very, very good football player for them. He runs a variety of routes. He's coming back off the injury and has been a very, very productive player for them, along with all the other skill players. So I guess not quite as rousing a Belichick. But people, if you look, if you just go to Google Images, type in Bill Belichick, Hunter Henry, you will see not one, but two deep, emotional hugs between the pairs. So, you know, we got the hug storyline going on with Bill and Hunter, a little more athletic storyline going on with Johnny at the end of the day, people, I think we need to fade them both in fancy football because the history of multiple tight ends balling out in the same offense is not rich at all. In fact, it barely exists over the past. Let's see 11 years now going back to 2010. The only two instances we have of one offense enabling two Top 12 fantasy tight ends, the 2011 Patriots, Gronk was a tight end one, Hernandez was a tight end three, and the 2019 Eagles, Ursh was a tight end four, Dallas Goddard was a tight end 10. I understand it's good for John New and Henry to be inside of one or two offenses that already pulled this off, but come on, people. Like, this is not Tom Brady throwing the ball at them. It's Cam Newton for now and Mac Jones eventually. So honestly, like, it's concerning for me that we're not seeing uh, more, I guess like they're still going in that tight end 15 range. And I don't really get it people because last season Hunter Henry was the undisputed chargers tight end, very little competition for, you know, uh, Donald Parham would be out there sometime, but he was the guy, Justin Herbert, massive upgrade under center. He finished as a PPR tight end 12, Johnny Smith dealt with some injuries, but he was still the featured guy. Ferkser got his tight end, spread the ball out, but Ryan Tannehill, great quarterback. Smith was a tight end sixteen. Like it's not a reach. It's a fact actually to say that Justin Herbert and Ryan Tannehill are objectively better in the year 2021 than both Cam Newton and Mac Jones. Again, it's good that they're in this offense, but it almost seems like they're just trying to like get the band back together again. Let's try something that worked for us a decade ago. Maybe we'll recapture the magic we used to have at Brady. I don't know, people. The Patriots' offensive line is going to be great. Maybe, just maybe, Newton and or Mac Jones can put this put up a sort of high end efficiency to uh, you know make the most out of their targets. But I'm not I'm not really buying it. It's still probably going to be. Run first offense, regardless of who's under center. And we just don't know how this target share is going to break out. James White's going to get his. Aguilar's going to get his. Kendrick Bourne's going to get his. Hell, we even have clickbait headlines going around that Jacoby Myers could be the number one wide receiver out there. And on that topic, people, please, when you see a roto world news blurb telling you something, just click the article for yourself. If it's something where you see there's 50 quote tweets about it and people are freaking out, maybe there is reason to, but look for yourself and that's going to save you a lot of headaches over the years. I know it has for myself. So people, this is kind of this next stat or PFF Lily stat here is one of the main reasons why I'm fading the situation. The history of high price tight ends has been horrendous over the past five off seasons. Here's our list of the top ten tight ends in terms of new contracts for new teams. Number one, John Ru Smith, 50 million. Number two, Austin Hooper, Browns, 42 million. Number three, Henry, 38 million. Number four, Kobe Flinner to the Saints, 36 million. Number five, Trey Burton to the Bears, 32 million. It does not get better. Number six, Wash version of Jimmy Graham, the Packers for 30 million. Number seven, Jesse James to the Lions for 28 and a half million. My goodness. Number eight, Martellus Bennett to the Packers for 20 million. Number nine this is a fun name, Ladarius Green, the Steelers for 20 million. Number 10, Tyler freaking Croft to the Bills for 19 million. It's not a hit rate. Now, you know, almost every position has a terrible hit rate in terms of high price free agents going to a new team. Why? Because if you're truly a great player, your team doesn't let you go to the new team. I'm not saying that this necessarily applies to Henry and Smith. As we saw last year, Diggs and DeAndre Hopkins bucked the trend of receivers getting traded balling out in their first year from their team. Why? Probably because Hopkins and Diggs represented exceptions to the usual type of receiver that gets traded in the offseason. Smith and Henry, I think it's fair to say compared to this group, are exceptions when we consider what they have accomplished before getting signed compared to a lot of these guys. I mean, Fleener, Burton, you know, Jesse, even like Darius Green. These were more like number two tight ends that we have seen flash in small samples that we were hoping to you know put up higher in a situation as a featured tight end you know henry and smith we've seen play great as a sole tight end now we're just having things restricted a little bit so fully expect them to be good in real life i just can't get behind them too much in fantasy land right now i have johnny smith as my tight end fourteen, Hunter henry as my tight end 15 i have my head of some, you know some decent guys mike josecki gerald everett austin hooper cole comet oj howard gronk let's face it neither johnny especially henry even though I wouldn't call either injury prone, I wouldn't call many players in the entire league injury prone, these are two players that let's face it, haven't done the best job staying on the field over the years. And if either of them gets hurt, we're talking about like a top six, seven option immediately. So it's a little bit to me where if we're looking at the high end outcomes, I think their ceiling in a best case scenario is still plenty high. And even in a worst case, I don't think they're going to be killing your lineups, but ultimately there's only one ball. Give me Adam Troutman, Tyler Higby, Robert Tunyon, Anthony Furks are ahead of these guys for basically the chances to be their team's featured player at the position. In terms of wide receivers, I'm selling the Jacoby Myers hype. He's free. You know, if you're bold enough to try to build a Patriots stack, I guess, you know, be my guest uh, and go ahead and get him on there. But ultimately, Nelson Aguilar is the only guy I'm really in on. It is great news for this Patriots offense and the skill position players that they got. Mac Jones. I mean, that's one of the things about the 49ers. I just think people are kind of underestimating when they went from Mac Jones and Trey Lance, like that was terrible news for all the receivers and the running backs just because the history of offenses enabling high-end fancy relevant skill position players with a highly mobile quarterback. Isn't good. It's just tough. Again, there's only one ball only so much production to go around when you have a quarterback limiting his own pass attempts because he's scrambling and then limiting, you know, the rush attempts of the group because he's scrambling. It's just not good for uh, you know, the opportunity for everyone involved. So on that side of things, Mac Jones, likely getting in for cam sooner rather than later, you know, I'll have another podcast up in that situation in the future, but I would just expect Mac to get that job before too long because of just the overall difference between him and cams style of play. I don't know why they would have made the draft uh, just, you know, 15th overall pick on the guy not to play him. I do think it's Mac before too long. And because of that, I think these pass catchers hold more value than if cam stayed under center because they're not going to have a quarterback, you know, calling his own number three times every time he's inside the five yard line and should also trend towards being a little bit more of a pass first offense. Although I still think Damon Harris, you know, Ramondre Stevenson, Sonny Michelle, if he makes the team, we'll be getting theirs with Mac Jones under center. So ultimately, I think this could be a below average passing offense in terms of efficiency and volume. I just can't get too heavily behind anybody involved in that. So have not been coming away with much Johnny or Henry in fantasy drafts because people tend to be reaching on these guys because we get too obsessed with free agent signings. If you're going to get anyone from the Patriots passing game, Go get Nelson Aguilar, this guy. You can send me your Aguilar crime baby memes all you want. It was a funny moment. I'm not going to deny that. Look, in that Super Bowl run, he emerged as a great yak guy out of the slot. And last year with the Raiders, he showed off his field stretching ability. He still drops some passes. But people, when you're getting past the secondary every other time you're running deep, you can't drop a pass every couple of times. It's okay. You know, it's the story of 2020 DK Metcalf as well. I'm not saying Aguilar is in the same stratosphere as DK Metcalf. Just realize he's an above-average NFL receiver. He's in an offense without a receiver. I think uh that is better than him so give me Aguilar at his cost you know far down the draft, you can get him like 12th this round or whatever and uh, underdog best balls these tight ends I'm mostly be staying away from so thank you as always for tuning in the PFF fantasy football podcast everybody if you like the content please check out the rest of our podcast network which covers everything NFL college and fantasy football you can recap the NFL draft with Mike Renner and Austin Gales two for one draft podcast or get all the 2021 betting content you need with the PFF forecast also invite you to go to underdog fantasy underdogs got everything including season long and playoff best ball best ball is a season long game where you draft a team like you normally do but that's that's it. There's no one season roster management. Underdog automatically selects your best performers each week, saving you loads of time. Go to underdog fancy and deposit $10 using promo code PFF and get a free PFF edge annual subscription. It's promo code PFF draft now at underdog fancy. I got one last thing to get off my chest. People can make sleeping in cool again. I hate the people that brag about waking up at 6am every day. If you do, you do, but get off my back about it. I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to hear about when you got your work done. Just get your work done. Who cares when? And I say this as someone, you know, recording this at 615 on a Monday in a tank top in my girlfriend's house, in my girlfriend's parents' house. Like I get it. I'm chilling. I have a flexible job, more so than others. But I just this idea, man, these financial and corporate America, you know, that's, let's just stay in the office as long as possible, you know, show your face there and show, you know, how committed you are to something by the time. No. Production, production is everything. If I can produce an article in 30 minutes, that's as good as someone else's article in six hours. Like, why is that my problem that it takes me 30 minutes for six hours for someone else? And I don't have a personal beef about this, contrary to popular belief. I just enjoy barking about some certain subjects at the end of these podcasts. But my goal is to make sleeping in cool again. Sleep's very good for you. We shouldn't discount that. Quit popularizing people waking up early and pretending to spend all this time on stuff. If you tell me it took you 15 hours to do a mediocre article, I'm not impressed. I think you wasted a bunch of your time. I think you're being inefficient. It's the same. I remember being in school, you know, just kids bragging about how much time they spend in the library. It's like, all right, cool. I I spent, you know, a third of the time in the library and got, you know, a similar grade. If you need to spend the extra time, do it. But don't just spend time pretending to spend time. That's what pisses me off. So now that I got that off my chest, I want to say once again, thank you everyone for tuning in to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. New episodes every single day of the week. Usually have a good nine podcasts for you here during this off-season time. We will continue to grind those out. Also, please check out my content on pff.com. New article every day as well. Incredibly blessed to have this job. And I want to be as good as possible in terms of making that content for all you faithful fans out there. So again, thank you for tuning in until next time. Take care, everybody.